We continue our study on communication, and we're going to focus tonight on James 3, verses 13 through 18. I'll seek to be brief. I know we're tired and maybe stressed, but may God even touch our hearts and our ears and change us that we would have more love to Christ and speak in Christ-like ways. We did look at um, the first portion of James 3 this morning. Uh, We looked at those four small things. I know several of you kids, maybe a pop quiz. Do you remember uh, a couple of the small things that had great effects? Excellent. Excellent. And what we're focused on is that tongue, which could cause a lot of trouble. And that's why we've had these uh, series on communication. And tonight we're going to move into the second part of the chapter. Let's read verses 13 to the end of James 3. Who among you is wise and understanding? It's a question. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make Peace. Let's pray again. Father, we thank you for yourself. Lord, it is so good to sing your praises, to get our eyes off of ourselves and our situation, to behold you sitting upon your throne. We thank you, O God, for saving us, for giving us an interest in Jesus, and that he had an interest in us to even die for us. May we have more love to you in the way we speak. Thank you, Lord, for your people, and again, comfort hearts and minds and grant your peace and help us to have tongues of gentleness and peacefulness that you would get all the glory. For Christ's sake, amen. Well, we concluded uh, the last verse by two verses by talking about those, those parallels. You could basically say a tree is known by its fruit. Yes, a tree is known by its fruit. And James asked the question, could a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives? No. And we said that, we all know that, even to the youngest children. So he's talking about these fruits, and then he transitions to this question in verse 13. Again, who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show. It's an imperative. Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. 
Again, I'm not sure those words are in my vocabulary. Let us get them in. Let us use, even in the way we speak, the words of Scripture. And James calls us to have these, this good behavior with good deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. And our title is this, Communicate Gently. Communicate gently. This word, gentleness, it's also used in chapter 121 where it said, receive the word, excuse me, in humility receive the word. It's translated humility there. So this gentleness is also humility or tenderness. Now men, is tender, tenderness only a trait for women? No. It's a trait for men and women of God. We ought to be tender and humble and gentle men. Graciousness, meekness, and I, I believe Tom mentioned it um, elsewhere, this power under control. John MacArthur said it's used of wild horses who were broken and made useful. They were made tender because they were broken. And, and truly, when God saves us by His grace, doesn't He do that? And He's continuing to do that day by day. He breaks us from being rough and, and, and so-called men, and He's conforming us to the image of our gentle Savior. Strong and courageous indeed, but gentle nonetheless. Men and women were called to be and exhibit the gentleness of wisdom. So our first lesson, just five again, lesson one, let us show our wisdom by communicating gently. Let us show, and I mentioned it, it is in the imperative. It's a command that we, if we say we're wise, by God's grace we want to be wise and understanding, we ought to show it. Now, maybe some of you have heard that uh, saying, if you're from Missouri, it's called the what state? Show me state. state. I I tried to find some history about it, but um, I'm from Missouri, you'll have to show me. Maybe there was something with voting, or I'm not exactly sure. But it's the show me state. Well, in one sense, Christianity is, is like that. It's show me. You can say that you're godly, you can say that you're a Christian, you can say that you're wise, and James says, let him show it. We have to show it. We have to bring forth the fruit. If we're a fig tree, we bring forth figs. And if we're a Christian, we bring forth this fruit of gentleness, of tenderness. We have to show it to communicate in this gentleness of wisdom. Godly wisdom produces godly communication. Help us, Lord, to exhibit this fruit, to show it. And remember, true wisdom is not merely philosophical, and I think the word wisdom has even been hijacked, and it's very philosophical. No, true wisdom is practical. It's practical. It's how we live every day. We're using this tongue and this mouth a lot, and we're called to use it in a way that is gentle among other things. And he gives a warning, verse 14. But if you have, and remember he's talking to Christians, he's talking to us, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. 
Let's unpack these words a little bit. Bitter jealousy. What does bitter mean? If you get something bitter in your mouth, you might, what? Spit it out. And actually, uh, we, we heard bitter in verse 11, does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? We've been drinking the water out of the, the hose spigot over here. Was it, was it good? Yeah, hope you're drinking lots of water. If all of a sudden it got bitter, we'd be concerned. In the same way, if we profess Christ, we cannot have this bitter jealousy, this sharp, harsh, cutting, destructive, bitter words. If your so-called wisdom makes you harsh or arrogant, and when we do that, brothers and sisters, we're standing in opposition to the truth. We're lying. We're saying the truth out of one side of our mouth, but out of the other side is is coming this falseness because this bitter jealousy may exist. Secondly, uh, selfish ambition, which is also strife, contentiousness, extreme selfishness. Have you heard that all sin has what in the middle of it? I. I. So much of our passage is about, it's warning us against selfism, me. It's all about me. Bitter jealousy, it's because I want to be first. I want to be noticed. And selfish ambition is when we want to people to sort of bow to us as if we're the Lord. Selfish ambition, strife. Listen to this little story I found from the Harvard Business Review. You didn't think you'd get that at camp. This lady wrote a story called Your Brain is Hooked on Being Right. She says it's partly due to a neurochemical process. When you argue and win, your brain floods with different hormones, adrenaline and dopamine, which makes you feel good, dominant, even invincible. It's a feeling any of us would want to replicate. We get addicted to being right. That's not a Christian. And she actually went on to say that you, you can't live on that. That's not good. She wasn't promoting it. But, you know, I haven't studied all of this. But, you know, yes, I could see in the flesh because of the fall. Yep, certain chemicals probably get released because we're right and we won the argument. But none of us would ever feel good about that, would we? That's what selfish ambition does. It makes us feel good because we think it's all about us. Well, the Scripture says over and over again, God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. And gentle and humble are very much overlapping, even as we had it translated, we mentioned in 121. And then here, Lesson 2. Fear the Lord and hate pride and arrogance in yourself. I had in ourselves. Let's just say, fear the Lord and hate pride and arrogance in yourself. It's easy to see other people that are proud. And um, I used to see several of our presidents. They hold their head up. They put their chin out. They, they even stand in an arrogant fashion. 
And it's so easy to see it. But there's other ways that we want to be first. We want people to do it our way or the highway because we can be proud and arrogant. We must fear God and hate it. Proverbs 8.13 says it in a similar way. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogance and the evil way. If you fear God, you will hate evil primarily in yourself. I think it was Mylon Lefebvre. Love God and hate sin. Well, hate it right in here. God is opposed to the proud. And pride coming out of our mouths will destroy those around us. Verse 15. Stop being arrogant, having this arrogant wisdom, so-called, because, verse 15, this wisdom is not that which comes down from above but is earthly, natural, demonic? Tom said it so clearly yesterday. This is spiritual warfare. Allowing ourselves to dominate with our tongues and how we speak to others, it's demonic. It's the very world of iniquity. This false wisdom is not from God, And it gave these three words, earthly, it's of this earth, it's worldly wisdom so-called, it's not heavenly, it's not from God. Secondly, it's natural, it's of the flesh, it's unspiritual in your column, reference, not from God. Thirdly, demonic, from the devil, from the demons, it's in opposition to God, and it's not from God. This wisdom is fake wisdom, Uh, one author called it sham wisdom. It's, it's fake. It's a sham. It seems to be correct, but it is, in essence, earthly, natural, and demonic. What might this look like? We might say to ourselves, I guess I showed him. Have you ever heard that phrase? Maybe you've said it. I guess I've showed him. Or, I sure told her off. Or, I put him in, her, I put him in his place. He needs to be put in his place. All of those phrases can come from a heart of pride and arrogance. We're not God. We may be called by God to rebuke someone, to admonish them, but ultimately, they stand before God and we're only a vessel hopefully for good, not standing in arrogance. It's devilish wisdom to look out for number one, to be self-centered and jealous. Lesson three Destroy this natural thought of seeing yourself as more important than others. Destroy the natural thought of seeing yourself as more important from others, taken from Philippians 2, 3 and 4. Do nothing from selfishness. That includes communication. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit or pride, but with humility of mind. Regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others, which is what Jesus did. And we have that beautiful picture. We must destroy this natural, earthly, demonic thought that we're number one. That's remaining sin, that that we put ourselves as number one in every case. In the home, in the workplace, in the church, driving on the highway. 
Do I drive like everyone should get out of my way right now? May God help us to have that humility of mind, that gentleness, that humbleness. Verse 16, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is what? Disorder. Disorder and every evil thing. When King Self is on the throne, the entire kingdom will be in chaos. When King Self is on the throne, the entire kingdom will be in chaos. And if we're honest men, we could say at times where we thought we were the king, when Jesus is the king, what is the result? Chaos, confusion, disorder, and every evil thing. That's where pride leads. That's why we may call it the mother sin, as we mentioned this morning. But then he wants to teach us where does the right wisdom, the correct wisdom, the biblical wisdom come from. Verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable. What's that third word? Gentle. Gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. Lesson four, study and practice God's wisdom for its great value. Have you ever, I know ladies, if, you, if you're married, you had an engagement ring. And what's on that ring? Probably. A diamond. A diamond, maybe. Maybe you got a diamond ring. Or maybe, kids, maybe you have some uh, beautiful crystals or geodes at home. And if you ever uh, looked at those crystals and you turn it and you just are amazed and you look at each facet. Maybe it's a kaleidoscope, kids. Have you ever looked through one of those? And you turn it and these beautiful colors and shapes are moving around. Well, that's what God's wisdom is like. It's multifaceted and we must stand amazed at the wisdom of God. And we have these... Beautiful descriptions. Study and practice God's wisdom for its great value. Study it and of course practice it. But these descriptions show us the beauty of it and the multifaceted nature. Uh, First, pure. It is unmixed. It has a clarity of, I don't remember the diamond clarity levels, but it, it's perfectly clear and pure. It's not contaminated with self. God's wisdom is pure. It's also peaceable. Godly people should not be troublemakers. We should be peacemakers. More of that in a moment. And the third, we have our word here, the gentleness of wisdom. Here we have gentle. It's a different word related Gentle or equitable, fitting, fair, moderate, forbearing, courteous, considerate. Do those things describe us, brothers and sisters, children? Are you courteous? There's areas to improve in for all of us to be more gentle, to be more fair, to be forbearing, courteous, considerate. That's why we study God's wisdom from the Proverbs in the life of Christ. We learn how to follow our Savior who epitomized wisdom. It is from God. 
Proverbs 16, 16, that's an easy one to remember. Proverbs 16, 16, how much better it is to get wisdom than gold. And to get understanding is to be chosen above silver. Do we view wisdom that way? I bet if some money was missing from our bank account, a few hundred, a couple thousand, just disappeared. We'd probably take note. But do we take notice if some wisdom, if we're lacking wisdom in certain areas? Remember the question, who among you is wise? Let him show. So we study wisdom and we value it and we prize it and we turn it around and look at it and then practice it. Listen to these few words and think about what passage of Scripture they may come from. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Where is that? Philippians. Now, sometimes we know certain Scriptures really well, but there's a few more in there that we miss. It's actually in between this beautiful... Two beautiful, several beautiful truths, but rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. We, we know that verse quite well, but the next part is, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing and so forth. And I think sometimes because those other verses are so precious to us, at least I admit it, I think you might too, that we have left out this part about letting our gentle spirit be known to all men, this piece of wisdom. Let's make sure we don't skip verses. We can do that. We can miss, we can miss it. Moving forward, reasonable. Reasonable describes this wisdom. In our communication, are we being reasonable? Are we willing to yield? Are we stubborn? Are we willing to lose the argument? over something petty. Next, are we full of mercy? Are we speaking in a merciful fashion? Full of mercy and full of good fruits. Then unwavering to be consistent. Let us pursue, remember that consistent, Christ-like communication. Unwavering, consistent. And then finally, without hypocrisy. Not a Pharisee, not an actor. Not an actor. We're nearly done. Verse 18. A beautiful, a little bit of a challenging verse. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I read the column and it seems to make a little more sense to me. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So let's think about our communication being gentle, the gentleness of wisdom, being peaceful. Let's remember, uh, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And our final lesson, pursue peaceful communication with all. Pursue peaceful communication with all. And I thought of Hebrews twelve fourteen: Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. Hebrews twelve fourteen. Pursue peaceful communication with all. It's linked with under the heading of the gentleness of wisdom. And then all these attributes underneath it. And then this person, this godly person, they have the fruit of righteousness sown in peace. 
And then it seems it's growing by peace because they're making peace. A lot of things can overturn the peace. But by God's grace, let us be like the ballast in a ship to keep the peace. To be peacemakers. To pursue peaceful communication with all. And so ask yourselves the question, do your words that come out of your mouth promote peace and harmony or strife and even hatred? Do your words promote peace or do they promote war? And again, at times we all stumble and we say, Lord, forgive me. And we pursue by God's grace to put to death the deeds of the flesh and to have tongues that speak gently and peaceably. Two proverbs, and and I hope you know them. A gentle answer turns away what? Wrath. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up strife. That's a great one. But it's much easier to quote it and even memorize it than to do it. And then one one last one that, that we used to teach our kids and we're still trying to learn it. There is one who speaks rashly like the thrust of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs twelve eighteen. Again, let us have peaceful communication, not like swords coming out of our mouth ready to duel with our spouses and our friends or people on the highway or the clerk that messed up at the store, but rather be peaceful to be gracious, to have the gentleness of wisdom. So we sought to learn that we want to show our wisdom by communicating gently. Let us show it by God's grace. Then fear the Lord and hate pride and arrogance in others, no, in yourself. Hate it. Fear God and hate that sin. Third, destroy the natural thought of seeing yourself as more important than others. And that comes out in our speech. And I think, men, it's particularly something we can battle. And I know we've heard it on Sunday mornings a lot. We're not the Lord of the house. We're not God. And we want to be leaders. We want to be humble. Gentlemen. Gentle husbands. Gracious husbands. And then study and practice God's wisdom for its great value. Turn the Word of God God's wisdom, the gentleness of wisdom, and look at it and admire it and learn from Jesus and learn from Solomon and Proverbs how to live. Study it and practice it. And then finally, pursue peaceful communication with all. It's not for the faint of heart. In the flesh, we are weak. We are not sufficient. But by God's grace, we can do these things. We have the power of God to do it. Yes. Yeah, we follow what he wrote in the Proverbs, but not in his sinful actions. That's right. Thank you, Keegan. Kagan. Thank you. Appreciate it. Any comments or questions? Yes, sweetie. I love what he said. Yeah, you could win an argument, but lose the relationship. Yes, sweetie. Yes, and, and we all stumble. And again, we thank God there's forgiveness in Christ that we can be washed in the blood of the Lamb as we would repent and come to him and have Forgiveness and the ability to say no to self. And by God's grace, next time, we yield. And we have the gentleness of wisdom. Yes. Any other comments, questions, thoughts? 
Let us show our wisdom by communicating gently. Okay, well, let's conclude with prayer. And then one more song. Are we, are we good for that, Max? Okay, let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for this opportunity to really gaze a little bit longer at your word about the gentleness of wisdom. We've barely scratched the surface. And, Father, we confess that we need to put to death those putrid words that could come out of our mouths and even in our thoughts, Lord. We ask for your grace, your forgiveness, that you would empower us and you have empowered us in Christ. May we press on. May we excel still the more, putting on the Lord Jesus Christ and making no provision for the flesh. Lord, help us even tonight as we may be tired. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one and even that evil demonic speech. We thank you for your grace in Jesus Christ. Amen.